Hello, welcome to Riot Act Reviews, the part of the Riot Act podcast, which you're going to do every Friday, doing alternative music things, where we pick an album of a significant profile from the upcoming release calendar, and we focus in on it, and we have a little poke around and see what's going on on said album, and then we just leave and we do nothing else. That's it. That's the show, basically. My name's Stephen Hill, as ever. <clears throat> He's Renfrey Deadman. He's always here as well. Hello, Renfrey. How are you feeling? I'm feeling uh, much better than you, I believe. You're, you're, you're feeling already, I'm um, sensing a bit of cough. I, I, yeah, I did a stupid thing uh, last week where I jokingly said, oh, I'm going to three gigs, I'm going to four gigs and four nights in London, and I'll probably get COVID. Ah, ha, 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 ha. And I, I'm pretty sure, I mean, I'm still testing negative at the moment, but... I don't feel so good, Renfrew. I've got to be honest. From sort of yesterday, which was Tuesday, um, if you're listening to this record, uh, if you listen to this review when it goes out, it was Tuesday the 30th of um, March 2022, to give it a proper... 29th, sorry, to give it a proper timestamp. And I was like, oh, God, I haven't been to a gig for two days and my throat's feeling a bit funny. And um, (laughs) I'm stifling a few coughs here and there. But yeah. yeah... So I reckon it's it's on its way. It's on it. I feel like it's on. I can see it in the horizon. The old COVID. Hooray! It's, it's how mine started. So um, that'll be fun. But uh, hey ho. Yeah, hey ho. I mean, look, we soldier on, don't we? We soldier on. And before we get into the album that we're going to be talking about today, I would like to say a big thank you to our sponsors at Arctangent Festival, where Renfrey, you are some sort of royalty, I believe. I believe I am. Yeah, I believe I'm yeah, the king yeah. of ATG. King of, like that. of ATG. Yeah, Arctangent takes place on the seventeenth to twentieth of August, twenty twenty two, in Bristol, Bristol, Bristol. That's what you like calling it, Bristol. Um, headliners so far are Opeth and Cult of Luna. Bit of you, isn't it? Bit of me. Bit of, yeah. me. Bit of us. Bit of us. Um, the likes of Zelenada, Mono, Tesseract, um, the Locust. I mm-hmm. saw. Um, who got added the other day that I was like, oh, goodness me, Lightning Bolt. How exciting Lightning is that? Bolt. Mm. Lightning Bolt. That'll yeah. be a fucking good laugh. So if you are a fan of the more challenging uh, experimental end of rock music, then I think Arctangent is the A gold star bullseye festival for you to go to. And I think that we're, we're delighted to be um, to be sponsored by them because I mean look you don't need me to tell you how much Renfrey likes this festival if you're listening to this podcast I mean uh, the last band I saw at Art Tangent Worm of Sugar headlining it um, a couple of years ago now um, mm. and obviously there hasn't been additions for a few years because of Covid but uh, yeah so go to arctangent or one word dot co dot uk forward slash tickets and enter the promo code riot act ATG in uh, any kind of upper or lower case i believe and um you'll get 10 percent off of your ticket for the weekend so that's arctangent.co.uk forward slash tickets promo code all one word riot act atg and the reason like you say Renfrey, it's a good job that we mentioned um them it's it was like an apt episode to be starting our partnership with arctangent as well the, the record that we're talking about today it's almost like someone behind the scenes planned it hmm Today we are going to be looking at Immutable by Meshuggah, the ninth full-length album from the tech metal pioneering Swedish band, the follow-up to 2016's The Violent Sleep of Reason album. A very important band, Meshuggah, no doubt. In metal, a very, very important band. We spoke a lot about Meshuggah when we did a classic album podcast, which you can listen to if you go to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash podcast, And... We spoke about how impressive and important and unique and all those things Meshuggah were back in, you know, the kind of the, the mid-90s through to the, the late noughties, really, was sort of where we went up to on that special. And they are, not they? They're a very important band, a very great and important band in metal. It's literally, I mean, it wouldn't be an exaggeration to say they are one of the most important bands in modern metal certainly um when you consider the, the sheer amount of bands who have tried to rip Meshuggah off and have um you know done a decent enough impression but have no one I mean, has anyone really managed to hit the exact Meshuggah sound I, I think it, it says an awful lot of Meshuggah that even now even to this day before Jens Kidman 
barks a single note or whispers a single note, uh, you can tell it's Meshuggah straight away. You can. You know, identity, incredibly strong. Yeah. Weakened a little bit by the slew of, as you mentioned, slew of pathetic copycats that have uh, come in their wake. They're not all pathetic copycats. Not all the gent tech metal bands are rubbish, terrible copycats. But there's enough middling quite stroke bad bands in the world of tech metal for me to be like poor Meshuggah it has I, and I you know I do think it has um diluted their impact in the same way as Spineshank diluted the impact of hearing corn for the first time I do think that all these years later I mean I didn't really Coloss was the first time so Coloss from 2012 the follow-up to Obs and I think we said at the time was the first Sugar album where I was like, oh, I don't, I don't love this. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? I don't love it. I don't go, oh my god, this is so great. I just went, oh yeah, cool, Sugar. And then Violent Sleeper Reason again. You know, I think as we discussed on our classic album podcast, with a little bit of hindsight and time, I have gone, oh, you know, listen to it in isolation. I was like, yeah, that is a good album, obviously. But again, I didn't love it. Hmm. Obzin still remains the one where <clears throat> they hit a point that. I was like, this is fucking unbelievable. I love this mm. so much. Mm. And they've not really made me feel like that in the intervening, what is it, we're 14 years shy of mm. Obzin now, aren't we? Yeah. I don't strictly disagree with you. I, From the conversations that we have had, I feel like I'm a little bit more forgiving of Coloss and the Violent Sleep of Reason. Uh, not to say that you, you've not forgiven Meshuggah for releasing those albums, but you know, I, I, I'm a, I'm, I, I think there are some, some, some tracks on those records which, you know, are very like essential Meshuggah uh, songs. But I will accept. I mean, there is a question to be raised, really, in that what more could we possibly expect Meshuggah to give us? in 2022 in the studio environment i should you know caveat that with 35 years after they first formed i mean what more can we possibly ask from Meshuggah? they they invented more or less an entire subgenre um which is more chiseled than away most... it chiseled away at it and perfected it i would say in 2008 yeah. and yeah uh, which is more than most bands do in their entire career. So I don't know what what do we want from a new Meshuggah album. It's difficult to say. It's difficult to know really what because I do share what you're saying about. It's difficult to get excited about a Meshuggah record these days for me because I don't know what else they have to give me, and it's interesting yeah. the way that I've read a fair few reviews uh of this record leading up to this and it's interesting how people say that like you know they're constantly changing constantly evolving and um it's the, it's the metal evolving thing isn't are it are they Again. yeah yeah it's like it's like it's like i mean if you if you put a microscope up to it <laughs> then yes you can make arguments you can make very technical very quite boring arguments i would say that they have made advances on Coloss and the violent sleep of reason but they're not things that really that you really pay attention to when you're or that have necessarily head. improved them as a band or a listening experience yeah yeah i i, I can't I mean, imagine many people would say Coloss <clears throat> is a better album than obson or the violent sleep of reason I, I don't think i've ever met that person no no me neither and i mean a six-year wait for an album means that for fans of this band, you're gonna, there's gonna be quite a lot, you know, that people will be expecting um, <clears throat> from this record purely because of the length of time between that Meshuggah are now taking between records, right? I think when bands start taking this this kind of gap, um, people get super excited for when they come back and. You know, this must be, I'm sure, the longest gap between... Yeah, it is, obviously. So, four years between Contradictions, Collapse and Destroy, Race, Improve. Three years until Chaos Sphere. Four years till Nothing. Three years till Catch-33. Three years till Obzen. Four years to Coloss. Four years of Violent Sleep for Reason. Six years now for Immutable. So, 
they're not the most prolific band in the world Meshuggah you know four years mm. and three year gaps between albums and whatnot particularly back then that was quite a you know when you go back to the 90s that's that's quite a gap yeah. 91 to 95 from your debut to your second album is a, is a, is a pretty sizable gap I would say and it's much more common these days but still I think because of the cult fanatical fan base of Meshuggah and this being the longest gap I think maybe expectations of would be somewhat higher um, for this record from, from their fans and that would make me think with that bigger gap <clears throat> I would like to think that Meshuggah would go away and take that time and go after two albums of doing more of the thing that we've already sort of perfected but to not as big a response or whatever I, I would sort of think I, I almost went this is going oh, I'd be interesting to hear this because I wonder if Meshuggah have gone we need to mix it up a little bit again just to try just to try and mix things up a little bit and like you say I don't know exactly what that would or could sound like but I was sort of hoping that we might they might find a different gear or a new flow or something do you know mm. what I mean so that's sort of what I was going in to this album thinking I wonder if I wasn't going to read this out but I, I, I think in response this um, quote from the press release is probably um, at uh, from guitarist Martin Hagstrom the task of embarking on another unprecedented tech metal odyssey was impossible to resist for us it wasn't all that clear that we were making a new album we knew we could do it but did we want to do it he said we had to decide are we doing this or what else are we doing after a long long discussion we agreed on certain things we would make an album with as few restraints as possible we would go in and try and make as cool an album as possible have no anxiety about it and see it as an opportunity how do we make this a challenge that we feel like accepting and rising up to pretty quickly we had a starting point everybody started to write the ball started rolling and suddenly we were sitting there discussing how many songs we were going to have to cut so it kind of feels like it happened not as many almost... as you should have cut <laughs> it kind of feels like it happened almost spontaneously like that there were no specific plans to make a record they just um they just got back in a room and that and that is what ended up happening um so i suppose what you're saying there what you set up there i mean i don't know if that was ever I don't know. Was that ever Meshuggah's intention? I don't know. Maybe maybe they didn't Probably, even know if they were going to do another not. record. I mean, yeah, if they're going, oh, we weren't going to have any limitations on it, but then, you know, we ended up writing loads of songs just because it sort of flowed out of us, then I don't know. That's The, the having no limitations thing makes me think that's different to going, we actually actively wanted to do something different. Yeah. Having no yes, limitations exactly. is like, if it happens to come up, that yeah. we write a flamenco ballad yeah we'll put it yeah, in. yeah yeah but going we thought we've been doing this for a long time let's not do things the same way that's a completely different mindset so it seems to me maybe that Meshuggah have gone well we won't have any limitations we'll just see what happens oh look what's happened yeah. it's another Meshuggah album one attitude is proactive let's proactively try and experiment and try and do something different and the other one's a kind of um uh less active um uh yeah. just uh reactive uh, reactive let's let yeah let's see what happens um not saying that either of those approaches is right or wrong necessarily i guess you're just saying that you might have you would have liked to have seen more of the former rather than the latter i guess yeah a little bit only because meshuggah are such a sort of revered and unique and special band i think yeah is that at this point um you know it's one thing to get a lamb of god album and go oh lamb of god were really good and then they just kept making the same album for a few years and they tried a few other little bits and bobs here and there and some of them worked and some of them didn't work so well but ultimately we're just getting a kind of maybe a sort of slightly weathered slightly slower version of maybe not quite as in inspirational version of lamb of god but you know that's fine um but when you get a band like Meshuggah who are like, these are the pioneers. They are the forward-thinking masters. Da, da, da. And you think, well, they've they pioneered an idea. One idea. Mm, mm. 
and they've just sort of gone let's fucking hammer the shit out of this idea mm. for 35 years i mean i like <clears throat> i love my sugars back catalog i love their early stuff and like i say i absolutely love obzen but when we get into this record which i think we might as well get into it now um i put the first track of this on broken cog comes in and pretty much gives you exactly what you'd expect from my sugar but good lord does it sound huge it sounds it's a massive. good one minute of a riff just going bonkers mm. and they sound fucking amazing like when they do this shit they sound fucking amazing mm. but to me it wasn't shocking or unreal or something that i didn't know how to get my head around i was just like okay cool here we go mm. no i i mean to be fair just to pedal back ever so slightly um i, I mean one of the stumbling blocks of getting into new mashuga is, is investment because you have to put you have to put a lot more of yourself into a sugar album than most records that you get and when I loaded this up and saw it was, you know, 68, 69 minutes, however long, it, it's, it's, it's a long record. And Meshuggah are a band who are tiring, you know, um, like in, in the best possible way, I suppose. But well, well, in, in a good way, I guess, but they can be quite exhausting. So I did think, how are they going to how are they going to make that work over you know an hour and a bit it's a hell of a tall tall order um i suppose the one thing i'll say before properly setting out on it is certainly it's not as intimidating a listen as it's 69 minutes might suggest and we complain that albums are too long all the time on this show and immutable is definitely too long it's their longest album by quite by about 10 minutes as well, isn't it? Because yeah. Violent Sleeper Reason was 58 minutes and Coloss was uh, 54 minutes and Obzen was 52 minutes. Yeah. And if we go back to like Chaosphere, Chaosphere is 47 minutes. If we go back to Destroy, Erase, Improve, that's 46 minutes. And to me, like 46 minutes seems when you're... 46 minutes when you're on your fucking A game mm. for a band. You go mm. well. That that's why that's a classic. That's why people revere that album. You got forty six yeah. minutes. It, it's not only is it perfect and original, it's lean as well. Whereas <clears throat> this isn't. Yes, I, this I, just isn't. I I do agree with that. Um, I will say though, I do think you know when I sat down to listen to it first time, I was like, okay, this is going to be a bit of an ordeal, and it didn't feel as long as it was. I still think it's too long. But uh, they employ some tricks further down the line, which we'll talk about when we get to them, um, that I think work and are good. But, you know, it's still too long, basically. But certainly, mm. yeah, when Broken Cog came in, I mean, I was fully on board. I was like, this sounds great. It's a little bit slower, a little bit more grinding, maybe, than what we're used to. But I don't actually think that's a bad direction for Michigan no, to go. No, no, more stalking and reserved. And you get, yeah. like you said, Jens Kidman doing... Um, Jens Kidman is is like a kind of percussive instrument in the band, really, a lot of the time. And he does do this kind of croaky, whispering thing. He's usually a fairly one-dimensional band. Again, we spoke about Jens Kidman quite a lot when we did the Obzen special. And his kind of punch, 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 kind of pneumatic drill approach to vocals, as if he is part of, like I say, as if he is part of the the sort of the mechanics of the machine which is cool and i think it works for the band but it is good to hear him you know but in a good way mm. <laughs> it is it is good to hear him do something a little bit different so i was yeah. like okay i appreciate that assuming that's him i read somewhere that i think it might be another member of the band but you know oh really ticks. yeah okay. I'm, I'm i'm not sure i'm not sure about that don't quote me on that but um i just it just occurred I to mean, me though i just assumed it was i've never heard james yeah. kidman speak yeah, before exactly all i've ever heard him do is go 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 and yeah, um exactly. like an angry seagull <laughs> the next song is fine it sounded like my sugar it was fine i thought this is quite good uh, I thought it was a brilliant riff. The abysmal, the abysmal eye. eye. Yeah, I thought. It well, was this a is what riff. I'm going to say a lot. It is a it is a brilliant riff. I'm going to say it is a brilliant riff a lot on yeah. this record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah. You know, uh, the, in terms of things that are a little bit different, I think like the shortening of the fuse had a bit of a dime bag Daryl style groove to it, but done in the Meshuggah style. Thought that was quite good. Um, I thought Phantoms is cool. It's got a bit more of the sort of feels a bit more palatable, like you mentioned, sort of yes being a bit easier to kind of grasp it felt whilst, bit... whilst we're on that motif just a little sidestep quite a few of the reviews i've read have said that this is the most 
um, uh, the easiest Meshuggah album to get into. Because uh, they used to listening to Meshuggah. Could be, yeah, could, could be. Uh, well, yeah, I was, was well, going mean, to ask your it, thoughts on that. Yeah, that most I, successful well, well, album. Maybe. I mean, I still think if you if you put if you've never heard them before and you put this on, you are going to be It'll like, be oh, fuck fuck. Yeah. fucking yeah, hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all of those reviewers have heard loads of Meshuggah. And I think yeah. this is the point, isn't it? When yeah. I first heard Meshuggah, I went, no, don't know what this is. What the fuck is this? Yeah. This is just yeah. like, I can't work out what's going on where, what the fuck. Yeah. But now I know. Yeah. And so when I put it on, it does feel palatable. And all of those reviewers, they've been given that album because they've heard Meshuggah. Um, but because you and I are better reviewers than them, Rimfree... <laughs> We're self-aware enough to it. know. No, well, I, I, I'll say it. Um, <laughs> all right, me, I'm a better reviewer than them. Then, since I've pointed this out, um, they don't appear to be self-aware enough to realise that the reason that they feel that it's more palatable is not because it is more palatable. It's because they are more used to the 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 core structure of Meshuggah. and that actually, rather than saying, "Oh, it's more palatable," so great, um, you know, that's something different actually what they should be doing is going this isn't making me feel the way that their earlier material did are Meshuggah running out of ideas and I think that like mm. I don't think Meshuggah are completely out of ideas like I say no. this is not some wild reinvention but there are bits and bobs here I think when you look at a band getting nine albums into their career at this point in their career maybe it's a little bit unfair to think that they should be doing something completely different and there are little bits like I said I think Phantoms just it's got a bit more bounce to it than you know I, I wasn't shocked by it and I wasn't at this point I was enjoying the album a lot I was like this is really good I'm really really enjoying this um it got to God's his ease and mirrors where I was just thinking this song is too long the riff seemed to just go on and on and on and on forever towards the end of the song and I was like trim that down lads like I don't think you need that riff to just go on and on and on particularly when you've got an album which is an hour and seven minutes long just felt like it was going on too long do you know what I mean there's certainly so the first six tracks you could argue that all of the first six tracks are mid-tempo, groovy, sugar stompers. Mm -hmm. And it totals 31 minutes and 37 seconds in total. And in terms of like coming out and hit, hitting you with a signature sugar sound, it absolutely achieves that. But I don't know if it needed to do it for 31 minutes and 37 seconds. I mean, I would have quite happily, maybe we would have changed the songs that we would have taken off because there's nothing wrong with any of the songs particularly. But I was kind of like, you could probably just get rid of like the shortening fuse and the phantoms. Maybe you'd get rid of the abysmal eye instead or ligature marks. It doesn't really matter because... Um, I mean, to say they're all interchangeable is a very lazy, shitty thing to say, and I'm not going to go quite that far, but they are quite... They're all in the same realm, aren't they? mid yeah, and Sugar Stompers. And I was, you know, I was enjoying the record at this point. So was and I. Th 31 minutes in, I thought... and I, But that was when I got... Towards the end of that song, I was like, yeah, this does just feel like... I don't know. It's just the same... That you say the same vibe, the same thing, going, 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 like, and if it I was willing, there, I was willing for things to start changing at that point. Well, I mean, I think they could have taken a leaf out of Corn's book and just ended the album there. They could have done, yeah. Or they, yeah, I mean, they could have got rid of a couple of those songs and then put in something, some of the stuff that in the, in the second half of the album. It's actually really good stuff in the second half of the album. It's great stuff, but it's just fatigue to fuck. Do you exactly. know what I mean? Like fatigue yeah. to fuck. I mean, they follow that up with a song called They Move Below, which is a nine minute and 58 second long instrumental. Obviously, in the I middle, In the middle of a Meshuggah album. Mm. I cannot tell you how scared I was of that song when I saw. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, for me, no. Really? No, 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 no. no, no. Oh, okay. I think it's one of the only reasons for this album to exist. Because <laughs> I'm like, well, at least, like, I don't feel like I've... I don't feel like I've heard Meshuggah do that for a long time, certainly. Yeah. Possibly um, ever. There I is like, that. I like, you get three instrumental tunes on this record. Uh, it's, for my money, by far the best one. And it's quite good to have, I mean, it's difficult to talk about Jens Kidman without sounding like I'm being critical, and I'm not, but it is quite nice to have a break from him, <laughs> like barking mm. in your ear and stuff like that. And I actually thought that the way that that, um, 
track built up and stuff um i mean the 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 just the two and a half minutes of clean guitars interweaving together was just like enough to make me go oh crap finally a bit of a breather yeah. and it could I, I agree with enjoy, that it could make me enjoy the rest of the record more um but i don't think they move us is is, is simply a, a decent breather i i actually think it's one of the better songs in its own right personally. it's way too long it, it probably is like long. by about six minutes in i was like cool they've really stretched this out haven't they and then because i was the same as you when those sort of quiet notes came in to begin with and they were doing something different i was like oh it's going to be a little interlude and then i was like oh shit it's the nine minute long song mm -hmm. and i actually thought to myself if they kind of remain in this place but do some weird i thought maybe you know they're all into jazz and stuff aren't they i thought maybe we spoke a lot about jazz mm -hmm. um <clears throat> on the the obson special and you know like metal's relationship with it and i thought to myself you know if they kind of stay in this place and it's all clean and quite jazzy and intertwined and stuff but then and it and it but it obviously it builds in something else and it's at certain points it does i go okay you're doing my sugar again do you know what i mean you, you you're doing my, you're doing my sugar you're my sugar and you got to tell everyone you're my sugar all the time and i just thought actually those bits could have fucked off because without jens kidman like i know what you mean it is nice to have a break from jens kidman but it would have been just as nice to have a break from typical my sugar Mm -hmm. But without Jens Kidman, it also it almost feels like I don't know. It sort of did lack something as well. I think it made me realise that Jens Kidman is quite an, an integral part of that particular part of Meshuggah. I wouldn't want Jens Kidman going oh, go, 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 over the top of um, you know those clean guitar parts. Mm. But I was like, you could yeah nine minutes. I just thought to myself, it's fucking too long. This and it's another example of. You know that whole we're just going to see what happens well too much is happening it do, it certainly does i mean it does sound like the results of a sugar jam which is not usually i don't think that's usually the way sugar put their material together and certainly i mean that is something which has gradually changed i think a lot of reviews um overemphasize how much it's changed but there has been a more organic feel with the last few records i think and i think this album continues that and i like that a lot um but i i think listening to you talk there i think it would have been far more interesting to hear like i said after two and a half minutes it goes into yeah like you say typical sugar again it would have almost been more interesting to hear that clean part extended and added to and have more flourishes for like six minutes and then the last three are sugar going back kind of like a ten thousand days you know the way that that song uh by tall builds over 11 minutes it doesn't get like properly fucking heavy until the last sort of two or three minutes and hearing Meshuggah do something like that, that would sound genuinely um, progressive. Unusual. Might be a, t a tad uh, too much, but yeah, different. Just a bit, mm. a bit different. They retreated back to the comfort of polyrhythmic jazz Very metal quickly. madness so quickly. Exactly. I, and then I yeah. was just like, and there's still fucking seven and a half minutes of this song left. Like, for fuck's sake. I can And then I can we see go. That straight back into to be fair they come back with the riff again the riff on kaleidoscope is banging yeah, and it sounds like um hmm, i can't quite put my finger on who it sounds like um what's the name of that? oh yeah meshuggah yeah it sounds like <laughs> meshuggah right it's good but it sounds like meshuggah and there's a little bit of there's a little bit of but i liked it but it sounds like meshuggah there's a little bit of black metal intro at the start of i am thirst which then goes into that thing but well, sounding like meshuggah well the the black the the black metal intro thing is um uh, it's the second instrumental it's black cathedral um and i was really my my ears were peaked at that point because I, have meshuggah done that black metal tremolo thing before i'm not sure if they have uh, i was like oh this is a really interesting start to a song and then it ends and it's like oh right so it's an idea that it's something you haven't done before and it's an idea but it's an idea that you've like not bolted onto a song and it's not even 
you know, you described it there as an intro to the next song. It isn't really. It's it's got nothing, no connection with the next song at all. So I thought that was like a real. Oh, I thought it did actually. I thought they they kind of tried to interweave that uh, that kind of tremolo thing underneath the ba bum 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 like typical Meshuggah riff. I thought they at least tried to do that at the start. Mm. Oh, I don't know, man. I mean, the fault again absolutely amazing riff on the faultless amazing riff the riff is it actually sounds a little bit like um uh three little pigs by green jelly i thought that <laughs> and the discord good sort of guitar stuff over the top of it is cool when the riff comes in and yen starts shouting and then bah, 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 like but it is good do you know what i mean it is good i'm just gonna say i think the faultless is one of the best songs on this album but it took me I think it was like my fourth listen through to the record before I even noticed it. Because when you're listening to the album, it comes in at the 52 minute mark, which is normally when I'd be saying bye bye to a sugar record, because that's enough. Um, but I, I, but like listening back to it and uh, I, I do actually think it is one of the best songs on the record. Yeah, I think if me it had too. been track three, it would have really popped but it and you know that i'm not i think it's really good to leave highlights later on in the record it's it's quite annoying when records are um uh front loaded front loaded thank you um but yeah, I we're going to be talking about Smash by Offspring later. And yeah. That mm. album is fucking front loaded, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um but but it felt a little bit too little too late. I mean it is fantastic. It's a great song. This is an album full of moments. I mean, the, yeah. the sort of cacophony of noise at the start of Armies of the Preposterous yeah. is so brilliant. Yeah, it is. Right? It's so amazing. But I don't think the song itself is particularly amazing. I think mm. the riff and the noise is great. I think The Faultless actually is probably, probably my second favourite song on the whole album, actually. What's your after Broken, probably Broken, Broken Cog, Cog, just because it's the first one that comes in. And I was... <laughs> It's like, hey, my sugar. I'm not bored of this yet. What's your um, favourite song on the album? The first one I play. <laughs> the first one, yeah, the one that, the one, the one that hasn't exhausted me yet. Yeah. And then they put the slow thing at the end. Metal bands. Why yeah. do you do the same thing all the time? Another slow instrumental. It's quite nice though. Past tense it's again. Nice. It's like. Uh, Again, at least it's a different side of Meshuggah. I think they have yeah. done that brooding clean guitar. Th- they have done that they have, clean yeah. guitar thing before, but at least it's like something different to end the record. So I'm mm. fine with it. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, broadly speaking, this is a you, this isn't a bad record. But Meshuggah have become a band that I am impressed with, rather than the band that I actively that actively move me that i actively enjoy yeah. and i've got to be honest i'm not even that impressed by this album I'm not even that impressed by it i think if it gets to the point where you're just like oh actually this isn't really doing much for me but i tell you what it is incredibly impressive so i'm going to listen to it on a kind of on that level there's nothing here that i haven't heard my sugar do before so i'm not actually even that impressed if you're going to do the same thing for sort of the entirety of your career. And I don't think it is fair to compare Meshuggah to the type of bands who I'm about to compare them to. But ACDC do the same song all the time. The Ramones do the same song all the time. The song they do is a great song, a fun fucking song. It's a fucking great fun song, right? Meshuggah are not a fun band. They're not a fun... <laughs> do you know what I mean? You don't go, oh, I just need more kind of three... I need... Like, I need 12 more three minute long rock and roll sort of bawdy pub rock songs because they're just a laugh. I can kind of understand that. You know, I need 14 more two minute long scrappy punk sort of Beach Boys meets Sex Pistolsy boppers. I can understand that with the Ramones and with ACDC. I kind of understand that they're making the same record over and over again. They can still sound cool and still sound good. Because that type of music just lends itself to, oh, this is straight in my head straight away. But the amount of investment you have to put into an album like this, I think, is still a lot. Because Meshuggah are complex. They are very, very complex. Definitely. And they are very complicated by design. But when it doesn't shock you or move you or blow your mind in the way in which they have done previously, I think it's very, very difficult to get excited about new music by Meshuggah. I think it's very, very difficult to get... like. I mean, you know, 
when I first heard this, my first listen through to it, I was like, I think I'm going to shit on this album. I think I'm going to come in and go, just fucking stop making records. If this is all you've got, stop making records. And I do like it a lot more now than I did when I first listened to it. My first listen through to it, I just thought, fuck me. By the end, I was so bored. I was so fucking bored off my tits by this record. And I do think that listens down the line, like five, six listens down the line to it, I certainly feel like I've got a better handle on it. But I also feel that it's an album of of great moments. It's not an album of great songs. It's not an album that can justify anywhere near its insane running time one hour and eight minutes one hour seven minutes however long it is over nearly an hour and ten minutes of 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 material from a band who've been around a long time who aren't really doing that much with the sound that they have created decades ago i just don't think it can justify its length i don't actually think that it is the most folk it's not the most focused Meshuggah album it's not them firing on all cylinders it is a you know because they are such a good band there are plenty of moments on this album where you go fucking hell man this band are great they are fucking great but in comparison with what's come before it this does not hold a candle to their best it's 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 it is a long way from an obzen or a or a nothing it is a long 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 way from that i think i do agree with everything you have said but less vociferously I would say. So I like this album much more than you do. Honestly, despite its flaws, and it is flawed, that, you know, you could shave a good 15 minutes off it, I reckon. Um, I think Immutable is my favourite of the last three Meshuggah records. Me too. I was about to say it's still my favourite of the last three. (laughs) Right, okay. Um, I think I don't really know, yeah, to, 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 to piggy back onto that point i don't really know what i want from a new Sugar album these days because i know that they are not going to push things as far as i want them to push them and their fan base as a whole appear to be totally totally satisfied with them continuing to do this and i you know that is it satisfies me but it doesn't excite me i guess um I, and and I feel like as a studio band, they've probably given me all that they are going to. I'm still going to go and see Meshuggah live pretty much every single opportunity I get. I mean, I am quite excited about seeing moments from this record at the Royal Albert Hall, you know, for example, with Zeal and Arden support. Like, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm still absolutely going to that show. Oh, yeah. Um but going in with that mindset of like, what can Meshuggah give me really now in 2022 from a from a studio album? I was surprised at how much I enjoyed Immutable. And f- for that and that alone, I would give it a big tick. What would you give it if you were ranking, if you were rating this out of 10? We don't really do that. But if you were, what would you give it? Oh man, that is so hard. They're kind of arbitrary marking points anyway, ultimately, aren't they? I think it's just because lots of people do it. I mean, you probably don't need us to, you know, I wonder what they think about this album. If only they'd give it a mark out of 10 at this point. Like, we've sort of said what we think. The reason it's hard is because the fact remains that Meshuggah are ahead of the majority of their contemporaries. Yeah. So I I feel like within the scene as a whole, you know, as a tech metal album, this is like you know an eight for me but for a sugar album it's kind of like in in a kind of wanting to push them more i would i would say it's called sort of a seven but that's why yeah scoring but even that doesn't feel I mean, very satisfactory I, here's the difficult balancing act i think with with Meshuggah at this point i even think like when i go back to the first like combustion the first track on obson right yeah which is my favorite fuck. album of theirs yeah fucking incredible sounds incredible the savage production is amazing but it's a song as well. Do you know what I mean? Like it feels yeah. like I talk about a lot about you know there being them being songs in it and stuff and I, and I sort of listen to this album and like I say it's, it's an album it's an album full of moments, album full of riffs, it's album full of parts, it's album full of things that I go oh this is really cool that's really great or stuff. But there's there's not with the exception probably I mean I would actually say the faultless is probably the closest thing you get to a complete sounding song on the record. 
that I don't just go, well, that's not just a riff that you kind of base a whole thing around. Um, I think Broken Cog actually as well does enough stuff for it to be, you know, sort of looked at as a as a complete piece. But so much of it feels like disjointed ideas of bits that can be great bits, like I say, Armies of the Preposterous or, you know, that kind of dime-baggy um, uh, riff in Light of the Short Infused. Like there, there, there's plenty of moments on it where I go, what a fucking great moment, but there's not any kind of complete songs that all the way through I go, oh, there's that bit that goes into that bit. You know the kind of the, the journey and the transitions and the, the kind of the craft that you get within great songwriting? There's not a lot of that in there. And people might go, well, it's Meshuggah. They don't really do that. But they have done that in the past. They are capable as a band of doing that. I think Combustion is one of the best examples of that to be honest i think that really feels like a song where you know what's coming even though it's really complex and i think when those moments work they're fucking amazing like mishuka do do some things that i don't think any of those other bands are capable of i don't think there's any a lot most of the bands that i'm going to talk about wouldn't be capable of that fucking cacophony cacophony that flurry of just noise and rhythms that army of the preposterous brings in right yeah, i don't think absolutely. they would but i do think periphery write better songs than them at this point that, that, I do think Tesseract. I do think Tesseract are have a better understanding of what makes a song work than Meshuggah do on this record, right? And I know, mm, and I know again, like that's not really Meshuggah's strong suit. It's not really their purpose. But I do think when you say like our oh, tech metal, it's it's you know like it's just sort of what we said at the start. You know, tech metal was you know a snake eating its own tail, and it's copying Meshuggah to the point where no one else can compete with it. I think the elements that sort of were born of tech metal nobody's better than sugar from the kind of the distilled base element of that but in terms of taking that idea and taking it into other places actually there have been quite a lot of bands who have gone well this is the starting point but let's shave it off a bit and make it more palatable and actually kind of sell it as a, a poppier version of that i mean you know the other band who kind of came through as a big influence on gent would be sixth right mm. and when you look at what sixth sounded like on maybe not so much the last album but the ep that they they put out when they first came back yeah and some of the things that they threw in you know when they said i just in the band compared to like the 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 hold my finger ep that i got way way back in the day the difference is massive absolutely massive like really really massive and sixth just as unpalatable in a lot of ways as my sugar but a much better understanding of hooks a much better understanding of how to sort of slow things down and make them more um, make them work in grander environments and stuff and i think actually weirdly at this point i sort of look at sixth and i go you probably weren't as original as my sugar but you seem to have had a more interesting evolution as a band i think uh, uh... I I I I I agree with a lot of that. I think um you know I think when you're talking about like what is a song and what isn't again you know I'd probably go back to my kind of thing of like well what really makes up a song. A yeah, lot of what yeah, Sugar a lot of what Sugar do is taking a riff and basically exploring every single facet of it and repeating it over and over again and it's subtly changing it's a minimalism approach i mean people might bulk at the term minimalism when we're talking about a band like Meshuggah, but that is actually exactly the approach yeah, that they take is, yeah. with a, a lot of their material it's taking one thing one element and um ringing as much out of that element as you possibly can to the point where it's like a little bit too much you know that has always been Meshuggah's main thing and i actually think songs like combustion are the um uh, you know the exception to the rule even if you look back at Meshuggah's career as a whole and i'm just not sure if they're interested in doing that they're probably not but i think to you know there's 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 a fluidity mm. to Meshuggah at their best which mm. is not present on this record the, they used to they used to move through the gears on that one riff they could move through the gears into different places very very seamlessly at their best and i do think there is maybe it's them being so open to changes and everything that they're like oh we're going to go over here we're going to forget but there's just there's a kind of a bit of a disjointed 
slightly unfocused feel that sort of permeates through this record, I think. And yeah. I think it's it's a bit like, you know, it seems again, it seems weird to say it about Meshuggah. It's a bit sloppy. You've allowed it to be one hour and seven minutes long. It's not your best material. And yet you still put out your longest ever album. That to me is a bit of a, that's a sloppy thing to do. That's, you know, the, the kind of the precision and care and craft that went into those albums that were 46, 52 minutes long that are your best material, that are full of your best material. You know, where's where's that mindset that everything needs to be precise and like it's just, it's not here as much on this record because this record is, again, like I say, it's a record full of great moments surrounded with some, you know, I think some quite shoddy, sloppy, um, ho-hum stuff that we've heard before when you say sloppy you mean excess stuff rather than yeah, simply played yeah. or anything like not, that because I mean, obviously no, to not, be clear not, the play no. this album is phenomenal throughout yeah yes, it's not not in that way but in terms of like oh that there's a bit of ill that'll do hmm Hmm, maybe i don't know i, I mean i, I you mean know, they know what they're doing don't they the thing is that they absolutely know what they're doing they're doing and sometimes you know what you're doing to the point where you just it must be hard being in Meshuggah because like you know like that quote at the start I, you kind of i reckon you get to the point where you can't see the wood from the trees and it's like mm. as long as we're going ba 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 then it's good and that's what people want and the people people pat them on the fucking head so much we're just going ba 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 for so long that maybe they just go yeah this is what people like this is great this is great we need to have this in and i think a little bit more judicious kind of is this actually any good is this actually making this song better it does this need to be an hour and 10 minutes long yeah would have made for a much better record i think well Meshuggah are certainly critical darlings and there's very few people who are willing to say that a new Meshuggah record is you know not that great or anything and i actually think that a lot of the time the reason for that is because you uh, there's a perception that you know you have to be quite smart to get Meshuggah and it's almost kind of like a, oh yeah I get it kind of thing and and if you don't like it as much as me then you just don't get it um whether that happens in the professional world or not I couldn't possibly say but um yeah I mean I I, I do agree with everything you're saying up to a point I don't feel it as strongly as you like you say um I'm you know am I happy for Meshuggah to continue releasing an album every six years you know for the next i don't know maybe two more records maybe three more records that would be fine with me because i will the one thing i will say about my sugar which we haven't pointed out yet is at least they're not shitting on their legacy you know there's a lot yeah, of bands, this is true there's a lot of bands who get 35 years in and they release albums and you just go oh please don't do that because you're making me like you less mm. uh or 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 you're or you know you're you're ruining my my passion for the older material or whatever mm. and Meshuggah have never done that and considering no. that they are 35 years in i think that's something that we should absolutely acknowledge and and uh, even as 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 difficult and as 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 dull as this album might get at points it's never bad or embarrassing it's it's never badly performed i understand what you're saying about like the the way that the record's put together and it doesn't flow very well and all that sort of thing i do agree with those things but it, it you know the actual record is not like ever bad is it you know? no i mean hardly the high the headiest of praise for such a revered band no, it's never bad no. do you know what i mean but yeah i agree with that it's not doing that you know they're not they're not they're not mega death uh or anthrax do you know what i mean so yeah i completely agree with that um but you know look like i say there are some fucking awesome bits on it i probably do prefer it to collis and violent sleeper reason but i don't have loads i don't have loads of sort of particularly massively positive things to say about that record i just think it's difficult you know and it, you know credit for being pioneers in the first place um but yeah kind of eventually i guess if it's if you if you pioneer that thing and it's your identity is so strong it's very very difficult to yeah it's just difficult isn't it it's difficult to kind of keep yourself um sounding really vital and essential 
for years and years and years and years when you are mining that same thing over and over again i guess that's that's sort of where we are with it um but it is decent but put this here's here's another way that i would say looking at it right i've already mentioned corn that last corn album was it nine tracks 30 minutes long something like that yeah something like that right and if that album had been one hour and seven minutes i think we'd have savaged it yes probably i think we'd have gone this is a bad idea at this point in their career again bands less is more Less is more. Like Meshuggah, if Obzen didn't need to be an hour and eight minutes long, this doesn't need to be an hour and eight minutes long. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So anyway, but look, if you like Meshuggah and you just like bah, 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 then you're probably going to fucking love, love this shit. You're going to have <laughs> yeah. a fucking absolutely lovely time. Because it is, you know, it is a good album. It's just a, an album that maybe should have ended sort of 25 minutes before it actually does so um yeah, yeah 15, there you go you say 25 i think that's where we are on it isn't it like yeah that's me liking it slightly more than you, i i to be honest if it if it was 35 minutes long i think that would be fucking ideal mm. i got i started getting bored half an hour but by the end of, of track six i was like <sighs> i kind of need this to stop now and to be fair they mix it up a little bit after that as discussed but i reckon had they have cut two of those first six songs and swapped them with some of the latter stuff and maybe even whacked that instrumental in maybe turn that 10 minute instrumental into a seven minute long instrumental and put that out as an album 35 37 minutes i think yeah, that would have that would i'd have got that and gone fuck me this is brilliant yeah same same so there you go um six out of ten for me mm. i reckon very harsh well, i think that's pretty pretty nice actually um anyway there you go immutable by Meshuggah comes out on friday which is the first or the second of, of april, april. Yeah. first of april april fools everyone oh, you're a bloody fool if you listen to this and don't listen to our podcast right act on friday which comes out as well so um we'll see you then we'll be talking about various things i can't even remember what now i'm gonna go and blow my nose see you later